Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And today is Tuesday. I remember just a short week ago on Tuesday, I said, here we are, the final election Tuesday of this election cycle. And uh, here we are a week later, we have a decided, undisputed, universally recognized and accepted new president of the United States of America, Joseph Cornelius Biden and his lovely VP Kamala Harris. I'm glad we can all come together and, and uh, be united on this. But jokes aside, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot more controversies in, in electoral politics. I'm sure there's going to be uh, at least months to come of news to discuss related to the election. But let's talk about something that might somewhat overlap with the uh, Republican and Democrat parties and the uh, political sort of, um, let's say, conscience of the country. Of course, I'm using that concept very loosely, just kind of the vibe you get in the culture about big pharma. Let me ask you, is there anybody other than us sticking up for big pharma in the culture? Like big, big pharma. I don't mean the mom and pop Russian owned, you know, whatever, Greek owned uh, pharmacy down the street that uh, is making a profit on your prescription medication. No, no, I'm talking about big, big pharma. I remember, uh, you know, speaking, I, I bring this up often, 10 years ago or so, you had Republicans actually speaking up in defense of the free market, and they usually weren't completely perfect on it. They, like, I remember Mitt Romney in the primaries up against John McCain. Romney was saying, we need to stop talking about these pharmaceutical companies like they're the enemy. And McCain said, they are. And Romney said, no, they're making the medications that save and extend lives. And of course, there are ex excesses, but, and then he, you know, he apologized for the fact that these companies are making a profit. So of course, him, him giving this much saying there are excesses. No, there are no excesses, not in a free market. Now, of course, we don't live in a completely free market. So any quote excesses, aka uh, any companies getting money that they should not be making comes from special favors and government meddling in the economy. Anyway, that's all the time we have today. Sorry we couldn't get to Nikos, but my monologue took us for a full <laughs> 20 minutes. Just kidding. Please welcome a guy who, you know, I have credited him for his, his people, quote unquote, inventing democracy, his people inventing, I don't know, theater, drama, uh, variant philosophy, all these things. Probably today. pharmacy. And there we go. Well, pharmaceuticals and science more broadly. Science, Aristotle was, you know, the, the son of a doctor and, and he himself was uh, arguably the first biologist and just science as such comes from this man's uh, lineage, assuming we can trust his birth certificate. And therefore, I would say <laughs> he doesn't even need to make any effort in life. He can just coast on the self-esteem of his ancestors if, uh, if the vibe in the culture has anything to say about the issue. Please welcome Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Thank you. And that's exactly what I do. I get my self-esteem from my ancestors because it's, it's, as you said, science. We've had all these things. But the topic today is big pharma. And if you told me, as, if you told me find one caricature in society that is probably even worse than the caricature of the banker, it's probably big pharma because Yaron Brook allegedly had this, was giving this test to his students. He said, find me one uh, fictional 
film, whatever, that depicts a banker in a good way and you get an extra point in the term or whatever. Now, I, I challenge people to find me one film or book that depicts big pharma in positive life. And again, you won't find anything. Now, there are two questions, there are two things to do here. First of all, why are we discussing this today? We're discussing this today because yesterday we had the news that Pfizer uh, came, we are one step closer to a vaccine for COVID. And unless you are a person who hates life and everything that life should be about, this is great news. By the way, I want also to talk a bit about people who don't consider this necessarily great news or are rushing to tell us, no, 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 not so fast. You still stay home. You still wear masks. Nothing is, nothing is uh, proven yet. We're going to discuss this later. But the Pfizer story brings on surface the issue of big pharma. So again, the villain that everyone wants to hate and the villain that very few stand up to, to defend. Now, here's the first question. Why is it that everyone hates big pharma so much? So when it comes, for example, to bankers, it's the idea that it's all about money, right? So we don't like money because we've read it in the Bible and all that stuff. So we know money is bad, therefore bankers are bad. Plus, they don't create anything real. Now, with pharma, it's a bit more complicated. So why do they hate pharma? They produce something good, but they corrupt it by putting a price on it and make it inaccessible for many people. And if you remember a figure called Martin Screlli, he was a CEO of a pharmaceutical. At some point, he became the persona non grata. And I think he was called the most hated person on planet Earth because on a, he put a ridiculously high price to one of his medicines and everyone was super mad. And then he went to prison for other reasons and everyone was happy. So first pause, Raka, why... Is it that everyone hates big pharma so much? Could you think of anything else? Why is this the case? I mean, I don't know if this is kind of what you were saying, but it's because they make money. I mean, yeah, that is what you said. But like, because they're making a profit off of people's need for medication. So like when it comes to entertainers, you know, we love, or, you know, basketball players, uh, movie stars, we might a little bit resent how much money they're making. Oh, does this person need more money than a, substitute school teacher but we kind of get it because we could see the service they're providing and we understand that only they can provide that particular service in that particular way when it comes to pharmaceutical companies um or just a lot of services there's like a lot of steps we don't see of the process we just see the medication exists and it's right there behind the counter and all i really can afford to spend right now is twenty dollars but you know it costs a lot more and, and it's like, um, it just feels like they're ripping us off in one respect. We need to think abstractly is the point I'm trying to make. We need to think and understand that somebody needed to invest not only money, but planning. They needed to really figure out how is this going to work? How am I going to spend the next 10 years uh, investing in the development of this medicine and then processing it and unfortunately needing to clear it with the government, which, which might take a lot of time and bribes and favor exchanging all these create all these things but in general even putting aside the government a lot of time and money needed needs to be invested to bring this about um all we uh, so in one respect people need to think abstractly uh to understand that the services that they don't see manufactured in front of them uh required a lot of investment 
And, and also it's the fact that someone's making a profit off of suffering. You know, uh, I saw a meme or like a, uh, an ad. I don't know if this is real or not. It could be a real ad by a funeral home. And it's, but it says like the best way to, um, you all right. Are you, now do you oh yeah, that's karma? that's the me? that's the mystic way to to react yeah. when you hear things about. Sorry, that's Greek tribalism. Go on. There you go. All right. So it was uh, saying like the best way to help the ecology is to die, and then at the bottom it says the name of of a funeral parlor. So it was a cute little uh, ad. I don't know if it's real or not. It wouldn't surprise me if some local funeral parlor put that out as a joke. But it's kind of true. I mean, the best way to help the so-called ecology is to die. But also it got me thinking like funeral parlors make money when families are grieving. That is how they make their money. That's not a, I mean, that's not a point against them. But again, we see the service they're providing. We understand that the service And they is don't needed. make a lot of money. They're not, you know, create, it's not, there's not like some giant uh, Walmart level, uh, big major corporation providing funeral homes for nice and cheap which maybe there should be. I'd like to see that happen. It'll be, be cheaper and more efficient and effective. And, uh, but anyway, but when you think about it, why are funeral parlors not hated the same way that Big Pharma is? Again, we, we kind of see the service they're providing close up and we like, understand it's value for value. Um, but generally there is, in, in principle, there's no difference between big pharmaceutical companies and um, funeral parlors, they're both kind of profiting off of people's suffering and their need for alleviation. But the difference is Big Pharma is providing a much bigger service and, and saving a lot of lives. And the problem is the so quote problem, the so-called problem is that they're making a profit doing this. This is where altruism is at play. So you mentioned people cannot think abstractly. So we are the ones who think abstractly and concretely. So here are some data about what is the process for a drug to go out in the market. Now, notice this is an academic paper from some years ago. So things could be worse or things could be better. For people who want to find it, it's from Dimasi, Hansen, and Grabowski. I might put it on the comment on YouTube. So only the toxicology research, which is the preliminary research, before you even start doing anything with the drug, could take one to six years. Then you are in the clinical stage, if you reach the clinical stage, and then it might take phase one, which is you test for safety, phase two, safety and dosing efficacy, safe three, safety, efficacy, and side effects. This could take six to 11 years. Now, what is the cost of that? The cost of each phase could be from 20, sorry, from 15 to 86 million dollars. The, the drug is still not in the market. We are still in the process of, of research. Then approval could get up to six, from six months to two years. And then from that to go to them. So from the beginning to, to the market, it might be a process that can be 10 years, 11 years. It can even be more than 11 years. Now, the cost is... As I said, the, the cost altogether could easily be more than $1 million. And here's the cuts. The chance of you going from every stage to the next stage is small. In some cases, there's, there's way more chance that you're not going to make it to the next stage rather than that you will make it to the next stage. So next time people say, oh, these people, 
they're greedy, they want to make money. Think about it this way, right? Think about what a risk it is to invest in that. Now, as you said, reason why, one of the reasons why the cost is so high, one, of course, is the nature of the endeavor, the technicals and all the stuff. The other is the regulations. Did you read the Pfizer uh, uh, announcement? They said some very interesting details. So, for example, if the vaccine hasn't got at least 50% success at this stage, it's not even allowed to proceed. And my question to you is this. If I am someone who is willing to take a 45% risk to get the vaccine and say, okay, that's good enough for me. I might get it, I might not, I might take the risk. What is the moral stand that someone should tell me, no Nikos and no Pfizer, for example, you're not allowed to take it. So uh, this would already put some pause and the, the whole ethics around the medical profession for me is a sacred cow that is never going to be, or never is a big word, is very difficult going to be challenged, but I think there should be many challenges on why there are all these burdens. Again, we should know the truth, what is the chance of success or whatever, but if someone wants to take these chances, even if it's 1%, why not, particularly, particularly in more difficult or terminal situations or things like that. Anyway, I mean, I, you know, I agree with everything you said. And, um, you know, the, the companies, they, they're incentivized to charge as little as possible, not only because these are human beings that value life, but also because the, the lower char uh, prices they're able to charge, the more they'll sell. And it, it adds up. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely the, 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 the point to be made that these companies need to spend a ton of money and effort to create these medications and that the government intervention in the process ends up making it much more expensive and uh, retarding the development of said medications. But, but, it, but, but kind of even bigger than that, I would say, it, it's not really my business how much money they invested or how hard they worked or how much they had to bleed to bring me this medication. It's just the fact that they know how to produce it and they're the ones producing it while I'm spending my time doing other things. If I need this medication and they're the ones who have it, I'm in no position to, uh, to make demands of them. You know, I'm reminded of when Ayn Rand was on the Phil Donahue show and uh, one of the audience questions was saying something like, oh, these big companies, they're, they're able to charge anything they want. They're so big and, and powerful. And the, the audience member was mentioning Xerox, AT&T, like that, that should give you an idea of how immortal these so-called big companies are, like <laughs> Xerox, right? Uh, but she said, you know, Xerox, AT&T, they're so powerful, like, and, and Rand answered something along the lines of, then we're in no position to be making demands of them, right? Like, if you remove force from the equation, if we don't, if we're not able to go to the government and lobby and say, you know, use force, you know, I, I don't approve of force, but in this case, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's encourage these companies to charge us lower prices. If you remove the ability to do that, um, then all you're really left with is one person or corporation producing something that I and my fellows might want or need and, Whatever they're charging, I'd better be willing to live with. And fortunately, in a free society, the prices drop uh, as low as they possibly could. And also my dollar becomes worth 
uh, as much as it possibly could. So uh, whatever they're charging, I'm able to afford much more easily in a capitalist society. So unfortunately, the rejection of capitalism has brought us to a very mixed economy. And it and people end up feeling like, oh, b the big pharma, along with the government are screwing us. And the solution is for the government to, uh, you know, uh, to take over the, the process of developing these medications even more. And Trump was doing this on his way out. I promised this would overlap with politics. Trump, uh, Trump in his final weeks or months, I think his final weeks, a couple weeks ago, was saying, I have signed an executive order to uh, <laughs> not let these pharmaceutical companies, you know, charge yes, so much. I, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He mentioned yeah. it in the debate, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is the savior of capitalism, guys. This is the guy who's going to save us from socialism. It always starts at the top. Look at history. The, the death of capitalism always begins at the top, and it's typically done by Republicans. You know, Democrats, <laughs> they're, not the, they're not always, I don't always often call them smart, but they are smart enough at times to sit back and let Republicans deal the, uh, do the heavy lifting, uh, deal the deathly blows to the big, big, uh, big companies, and then the Democrats can uh, devour the smaller ones and, uh, and use that precedent to keep to increase regulation, to increase price controls, and to increase high taxes. So um, you know, be 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 careful of who you get in bed with, free market people. Uh, be careful of Republicans. And to finish uh, with, uh, there's this very beautiful moment in Atlas Shrugged where Dagn is trying to figure out where the hell can come. Where the hell does this term, who is John Gold, comes from? And people give you a different explanation. Oh, John Gold is the guy who went down to and found the... So they, they give different explanations. And one person says, John Gold is Prometheus who made fire, but then changed his mind and didn't bring it down to people. So to make the analogy, these people that are going to bring us the vaccine or whatever, they, in a way, are in that position. So... Treating that, treating them as if they, as if we are, how to put it, as, as if they have an obligation to bring us the vaccine or as if they have an obligation to spend their hours or their money on that. I think that's the biggest hubris ever. And equally hubris would be to say, oh, I am entitled to this or uh, if they don't give it for free, send them the guns. Now, if I was a CEO, I, and if I would come up with this vaccine, I would give it to the lowest possible price because it makes sense, you know, benevolence-wise, you want everyone, you want the world to go on. But I don't know how I would react if someone told me you are obliged, and even worse, obliged by guns to give us this vaccine. So again, don't take these issues for granted. Don't take this issue that these big brains owe you something or you're entitled to something. Say thank you when they make your life better, when they save your life, and please don't commit this, this uh, hubris. So final words to you. The Lord Emperor has, is communicating something to us, but I can't see it. He's saying, I encourage people to subscribe. Please, everybody, subscribe. We're close to 1,000 subscribers, and when we get to 1,000 subscribers, we become a pro-Trump channel. That is a joke. <laughs> But I thought it might work on a lot of you. Um, also, I've promised people when we reach 1,000, I'm showing up with a leather jacket. Now I don't remember why I promised it. How are you showing up when we, when we reach 1,000? 
uh, in an all white suit and um, a, a pink fedora. So okay, people, want, we, need to reach, we need to reach 1,000. Yeah. And uh, my closing thoughts are it's cannibalism. It's cannibalism the way people treat these producers of medicine. And when I say socialists are cannibals, people on the right, they love it. They say, yeah, yeah, you tell them. Okay, but are you willing to uh, live with that principle even when it's big pharma? Are you willing to recognize that any problems we have with big pharma come from government meddling in the process rather than not enough government? We need to move back to capitalism. And as to the exercise of finding movies in which the hero is a billionaire or, or a very successful businessman, uh, we need more movies and art that show an individual or individuals pursuing values, uh, looking to produce and being willing, stopping at nothing to succeed. And it could be about a pharmaceutical company or it could be about any other kind of company. We need to see businessmen depicted positively because businessmen are the American, um, the American hero, the American sort of invention, if you like, the American archetype. It's a part of, a, just like the Industrial Revolution is a symbol of human achievement. It is not a crime against nature, but it is rather the uh, level 10 uh, achievement unlocked of human, humans realizing how to deal with nature. The businessman is a symbol to be celebrated. And, you know, it, it could be a woman. It could be he could be gay or it could just even be just your run of the mill white guy in, in the movie. But we need to see more of these things. It, it, it needs to be about the individual producing for himself on Earth. Can I top this? Probably not. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, Raga. All the best. <laughs>